This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to Episode 20. If you are preparing for a job interview, then this episode is for you. I will share with you the key elements to a successful interview. To help me with this process, I'm excited to have with me Amanda Myers and also Amanda Waitman of JSFirm.com. But first, a word from our sponsor. One of the best ways to keep motivated and informed is through reading, watching videos, and listening to audiobooks. Amazon.com is a great way to shop for information and products relating to the field of aviation. Amazon also is a huge online store where you can find most of your shopping needs. If you want to help support Aviation Careers Podcast, shop at one of the largest online retailers by linking to Amazon from our website. Simply click on the Shop at Amazon button or type in your web browser, aviationcareerspodcast.com slash Amazon. By linking to Amazon from this website, you help make available all the valuable career content in this podcast. Most importantly, it doesn't cost you any more to simply link from this website and purchase your products. Thanks for your support. JSFirm.com creates aviation opportunities by having one of the most extensive listings of aviation jobs on the Internet. Amanda is with me today to discuss how you can increase your chances of obtaining a job in the aviation field by having an outstanding resume and being prepared for your interview. Welcome to Aviation Careers Podcast, Amanda. Hi, Carl. Thank you. <laughs> well, uh, you know, this is great that you're doing this today. You're, you'll actually be our, our first on our show just to discuss resumes and interviewing tips and techniques. And for those of, of the, you listening out there, I think this is going to be great for you, and I think everybody should, should listen to this. And then if you have questions, they can find on uh, their website an email address to, to put those questions towards them. But I tell you, Getting a job, you know, it's it's really sometimes it's a scary process, and we don't know where to start, and we're not really taught much about what we should do as far as uh, putting a resume together or getting ready for an interview. But you know, the resume is really is an important piece. It's something that is to me, it it's your advertisement of who you are, and someone's going to look at that real quickly. So you have to say a lot in that piece of paper. So Amanda, you know, why is now, now, with what I just said, why isn't a resume really important? It's the first impression a company is going to uh, receive of you. Uh, it, it needs to market your relevant skills, your knowledge, and your accomplishments. Typically, employers usually only spend about 30 seconds or so reviewing each resume. Therefore, that first impression needs to be the one that counts. That resume is going to get you invited for an interview. The resume will not get you the job. You will get obtain that job yourself. So that resume is the most important thing. So really, it is. It's it's that that initial impression. It's it's kind of like when you see somebody on the street. You 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 see them, and then you have this impression of them, and it's based on what the way they look, that type of thing. That's it's kind of like your resume. You you that is your first impression. And uh, you know, I know when I get resumes, I look at something very quickly, and I look at some of the highlights. And and then I either put it in one basket or the other, if you know what I mean, and then I determine whether I'm going to go forward. Now, I know we've been talking a lot about aviation jobs. I know offline we have, and um, there's a lot of prospects in the aviation industry. And, you know, you folks have quite a few jobs posted and resumes posted. You were just talking about that. Do you think that the prospects of hiring are going to continue or maybe get better? We do, actually. Right now, we're seeing an increase in some of the openings due to the baby boom era. A lot of those baby boomers are going to be retiring. Those are pilots and maintenance technicians, the different types of skill set in the aviation industry. So when that happens, you know, that kind of flux flexation is going to create a need to replace those folks that are going to be retiring, you know, the pilots and the mechanics. Um, we've going to have a lot of military personnel coming onto the market um, because of the increase that we've seen also in the international market as far as selling and purchasing of aircraft. So whenever crews um, are in 
international positions uh, that's going to create, you know, U.S. crews, that's going to create an opening here in, in the United States when those um, technicians and pilots and those aviation professionals are leaving the states to go work in another country. So that's what we're seeing right now. Um, we've also seen an increase in jobs posted on our website uh, over the last year in our pilot opportunities, the maintenance technicians, uh, the sales part, um, you know, just a quite a variety of, of those positions, we've seen an increase. So that's where we see it, and we see just getting more and more prevalent. And, you know, if anybody's listened to our previous episodes, we've talked to people in all those different career fields, and, and they've been saying the same thing. One of, one of the things that uh, some of uh, my critics will say is that, you know, there won't be much of a shortage or this quote-unquote pilot shortage. And, and just so that I can clarify, when I'm talking about a pilot shortage, it's usually a, a time where you have many more jobs than you have applicants or the number of jobs increase dramatically where they have to actually lower, say, the standards or the applicant's minimum requirements to apply. We saw this, uh, you know, I work with primarily airline pilots, and we saw this back in uh, 2000, 2001, where, boy, if you could just fog a mirror, you could get a job with an airline. That obviously isn't true right now. But just looking at all the different prospects, just in that one field, there's going to be a lot of folks retiring, just like you said. And another point, I'm glad you made this, was about uh, foreign jobs. And uh, we spoke with somebody about China, and there's there are quite a few people that are looking towards and accepting jobs overseas. So there's another uh, flux or influx of jobs right there, those overseas, and those are leaving here. So hopefully we'll have enough people that are qualified here in the United States because that's where we're talking right now, but and also internationally, of course, but primarily focusing on the U.S. And it's great to hear what you just said is that there's more jobs being posted out there and you're starting to see more resumes placed out there. So that that's really good good to find out. Now, one thing I want to talk about is that when we do go forward, say we put our resume out there and we, well, we get a phone call. And that's normally how it starts is you get a phone call once you get your resume out there. That phone call is really important. So, you know, Amanda, why why is this first phone contact so important? You know, like we said earlier, um, along with your resume, that first initial contact that you're going to have over the phone with a potential employer is very important. Uh, depending on how you present yourself on that phone call is really going to matter uh, to that employer because if, if they have any questions and they're not sure about some of the things you might be speaking of, then it might not get you invited to that interview. And that's what you want to do on that first phone call. And you've got to keep in mind, you don't want to make it about yourself. You want to make this call about the company. Be excited about the location. Refer to the job description. Learn some information about the company. Do some research. Um, you know, be prepared. If you know you're expecting that phone call, be sitting in front of your computer. Have, your, have their website in front of you. So if they're asking you any questions, uh, you'll have that information available to you right there during that phone call. And most importantly, don't lie and be professional. Uh, you don't want to tell any untruths to that prospective employer uh, that might not uh, get you that interview, which then you can take it a next step further and, and land yourself that position. You know, I think that that's really good advice, uh, especially I notice you emphasize don't lie. I, I guess there's some people that like to go from one extreme of maybe padding their resume slightly to out and out uh, some untruths. Um, and I do know that I've seen some terminations in the past of people uh, not telling the truth about uh, possibly an arrest record or something like that. Uh, so I've seen that happen. So that's that's some great advice there. Um, have you seen that? Have you ever experienced people walking into a job and then, then actually being denied that job later on because of that? I have. A lot of times some folks like to embellish uh, or really kind of um, tote their experience and really um, exaggerate it. Uh, and not only it can hurt them in the long run, they might say they're able to do a lot of these things. In reality, they're not really qualified. And it really comes by, uh, back to bite them uh, in the end because then they're set, you know, brought to the table to perform some of these things that they claim that they can accomplish or have experience with and they can't. Um, it really creates um, an issue. And sometimes, you know, that, that employer will terminate that employee because they are not really truthful on what they say they can uh, perform on the resume and then the phone interview. 
Well, that's important. And, you know, just like your, your parents used to say, you know, always tell the truth and say please and thank you. And, uh, that's important on your, on your resume and also during your interview. The, the, it's interesting too. When we when we get to the interview, I know I've done this. I, I've gotten to an interview and I said to myself, darn, you know, I, I did a horrible job. Uh, and I have found out that even when I thought I did a poor job, I've, I've actually received an offer from that company. But one of the things that, that I think we underestimate is actually how well we can do on an interview or the performance during that interview. What type of impact is that or as far as your, your job, you know, when you come to that, that interview and say you totally mess up? I think what you have to understand is uh, you've got to make sure you know what the company is looking for um, and make sure that you relate your experiences and your qualifications uh, to that specific position at that company. Um, you know, make sure that you're, you're speaking confidently um, because you're proud of that as accomplishments that you've made on your resume and the things that uh, you've accomplished in your past at different positions. So as long as you uh, understand what the company is looking for, tailor that uh, whenever you're speaking to them to make it relevant to that type of position that they're speaking of. You said something about preparing. Um, I know one of the things that we do is, you know, as far as pilots, we're, we're constantly reading, preparing and preparing, uh, for recurrent training, that type of thing. I, I don't think you can learn enough about a company when you want to go work there. And just, this is my personal experience is that when I've gone out and interviewed for certain jobs, I've actually found that if I really really got into researching that company, everything, everything about, read books about it, read the, you know, if they're a publicly traded company, go out and get the annual reports, listen to the stockholders' meetings. When I really get into a company like that, it's helped me, it's helped make me decide on the inside that that's the job I want. And what other ideas could you have uh, for somebody that's listening as far as preparing for an interview? Definitely be prepare your responses uh, to some general questions. A lot of times interviewers will have standard questions that they'll ask. You might incur those in, in several different interviews that you are participating in. And what you'll do is you know, prepare those answers. That way you can uh, deliver a polished response and you're going to kind of anticipate some of the things that you're going to um, be asked at the interview. Getting hired really depends almost entirely on how well you perform at the interview. If you know your lines, you have the perfect delivery, and you dress the part, typically you'll get that job. And then what also whenever you're um, comfortable, you're prepared, and you practice, it increases your confidence, um, reduces your interview stress, and it'll land you the job and the salary you deserve. Preparing, preparing for the interview is pre- preparing for success. Now this preparing for the interview it's interesting how how do i go about doing that if i'm someone that knows nothing about the interview process how do i get myself ready for that like you said earlier carl right now we have uh, a lot of access to information via the world wide web you basically can find out pretty much anything about a company just by doing some quick searches and figuring out you can go to that company's website uh, check on any kind of uh, news releases or press releases they've recently sent out. If they've been hiring um, some upper management positions or some other, uh, maybe some uh, new hires in, in that kind of um, level, then, you know, be familiar with that company. Um, that way, um, and, and keep in mind, you know, that interviewer doesn't know you. Uh, he does not know your potential capabilities and cannot read your mind. So what happens is the interview is forced to base the hiring decision on your interview performance. So once you prepare and you get to be familiar with that company, learn what type of work they do and any kind of obstacles they're facing currently, uh, it only help you in uh, obtaining um, you know, a gainful position with that employer. While you're speaking, I just thought of something. Where I have a lot of friends that tell me about these websites that help you prepare for your interview, they, they call it, I guess, the gouge where there's, there's all this information about what they're going to ask you and, and also they give you, uh, recommendations for answers or just tell you, hey, listen, be prepared to answer the questions this way. I know I've used that in the past. What do you, what do you think of those websites? Have you ever used them or do you recommend those? Yeah, there's a few out there, Carl, that are good. Um, and a lot of times, 
in the industry, aviation is a small niche community. Um, if you're not sure about that company, see if you can find any friends or colleagues or anybody that has interviewed with that company, and maybe they are able to give you some suggestions, give you a heads up on what to expect, whether you're going to be interviewing with one person or is it several people that you'll be interviewing with. Uh, you know, that kind of information is really invaluable when you have somebody that's already been through that process with that company. Then you can maybe get some hints and tips from them as far as maybe what to expect with that interview process. And that way, too, like I said, practicing also is, is a big thing. You know, when you practice the interview process, if you're not comfortable with it, if you've had a job for the last 20 years and haven't had uh, a need to interview, a lot of things have changed here in the last few years as far as resumes and interviewing goes. So what you want to do is uh, really get with somebody and, and practice. Uh, record yourself and listen to your voice so that you can um, get an idea of what you're going to sound like to a potential employer. You know, look in front of a mirror, speak in front of a mirror, get familiar with yourself of how you speak and your hand gestures or your uh, facial um, movements so that uh, you can be really uh, get a great idea of what they're going to be looking at and hearing when you're in that interview. Well, you know, I, I think a lot of us, though, when we do that, we don't like the way we look or, or the way uh, we sound. And I, I think that's somewhat normal. Uh, but the good thing is you, you can find things that you didn't realize you were doing before. And you say to yourself, oh, gosh, I can't believe I come across that way. And and uh, I found that out myself when I was uh, doing some interview prep is actually recording yourself. That's a great, great suggestion that you made. And it really doesn't have to be that expensive. You you know, with the computers these days and even iPhones, you can, you can record yourself doing the interview and actually asking yourself the question, even if you, you don't have someone else to rehearse with you. One thing, though, just to go back about this gouge. Now, this is something that I'm going to talk about a little bit because I get a lot of questions from people about this. Now, when I say gouge, that's that information on the Internet where they have, you know, the the secret sauce. They have the the way of figuring out uh, which questions are going to be asked and then what the answers will be. The one thing I found about the Internet as a tool, it's both good and it's bad. It's It's good in that it gets you information about what other people have been through, just like you were saying, talking to individuals. It also can be bad, too, and I'll, I'll tell you why. I've noticed that there's a lot of, say, negativity, especially amongst people that, say, weren't hired with that company you want to work for. And then you start reading all these negative comments, and I, I think that's a bad thing to do. I personally, and I'd like to get your opinion on this, what I, what I tell people and what I do is I, I get rid of the negative comments, and all I do is read the positives, and then when I go to the interview, all I have is this positive kind of feeling inside me. Is that something you, you might recommend? Do you agree with what I had to say? I agree 100%, Carl. Yes, you're exactly correct. The Internet is a great resource, but it also can be a negative. Um, no matter what company you're going to work for or any potential employer, you're going to have happy employees and you're going to have unhappy employees. doesn't matter what company you're speaking of. Not everyone is a happy person in general. So uh, you're right. I think you need to stay focused on the positive things, look at the good stuff you're going to find on the Internet, and try to ignore the bad stuff. You know, it, it's easy sometimes to remember the bad things that you hear about a company, but not the good things. Most importantly, what you want to make sure is, and this is a, a good opportunity to at the interview process, not only are they interviewing you, but you're interviewing that company because you're not sure if that's someplace that you're going to want to work. So you want to ask some questions to the interviewer, show that you're interested in the position, uh, and you're interviewing them as well. So sometimes you get people forget that. You have to keep that in mind. Um, you, this is a, a, a time where you both can get together, talk about what you can bring to the table to the, offer this company, as well as what this company can offer you. So sometimes people forget that, but it's the time that you can take, um, you know, an extra look inside that company, really get into uh, what they're about, what their missions are, uh, and what kind of company it's going to be like to work at. Wow, man, that, that's really a good point. I'm glad you, you brought that up because we're not – it's not a one-way conversation. This is a two-way conversation, and and this is a time you really want to have your questions together to re, to find out, you know, what is this company about? And, you know, there's some things I'm not sure about this company, and maybe you can relate it to me, and, and you're talking to the interviewer, and, and you also become the interviewer yourself. And, and here's another thing, too, is you may find out that the job's not for you. 
that this could be a job that really is not a good fit for you. Um, and you know, I'll, I'll just relate a quick experience I had. I went to a job interview. I went through this, this long, lengthy process and went through three or four different interviews. When I got to the final interview and, uh, I actually got to interview with the person at the top, I, I realized that it wasn't a good fit. And we both sat there and said, Oh, you know what? This really isn't a good fit. And, and, uh, we're not going to pursue this any further. But, you know, at first I felt really bad for wasting my time and their time. But I'd like to get your opinion on this because I know some people have been through this process and realized that, you know what, this really isn't the job for me. Is that really a bad thing? I mean, do you think you've wasted time or or maybe you've saved time in the future? I'm not sure. What do you think, Amanda? I don't think you've wasted time. I agree with you, Carl, that I think you've saved time because whenever a company hires an employee, there is costs involved with that. The interview process, if they're flying you out to their facility to interview, if it's a relocation, you know, the cost of the travel is an expense. Bringing a new person on board and training that new employee um, with that company's standards and, and showing them how their business works, that takes time from other employees. So there are costs involved. So I don't think anyone should feel bad about it. Uh, it's best to be honest up front. And if you have uh, any concerns about the company or if you're not sure if it's going to be a good fit for you, um, if you have concerns, then it's probably not going to be the right fit. So it's going to save yourself time and some energy as well as that company, you know, that's uh, potentially um, wanting to hire you. It's going to save them an extreme amount of time as well as cost as well. Um, because then if you do get hired and you're only there a short time and they have to replace you, then they have to go through that entire hiring process again, which is very expensive. So I, I don't think it's a negative. I don't you think you should feel bad uh, if you're sh not sure if that's going to be a good fit, and then you need to be honest with yourself and that company and let them know that before you're hired. Well, that's good advice, and I, I appreciate that. You know, the, going back to trying to get to that point where you're actually at one of these final interviews, you know, we talked a little bit before about the Internet and how it can be good and it can be bad. Um, I know that one of the things that you're involved with and uh, the reason we're talking today is that you folks actually are able to help create certain aviation opportunities uh, through this website, jsfirm.com. And I was wondering, Amanda, that you know, you've, you've helped us a lot here talk about how to go through the interview process and talked a little bit about the importance of resumes. Maybe you could tell us about JS Firm and, and how they help people actually obtain jobs and also employers find people. Absolutely. Uh, Carl, we're at the fastest growing aviation jobs board with resume database access in the aviation industry. Uh, we've been in business for 13 years, and we're real people. Uh, we have a real office. We have real jobs. And uh, our staff is very passionate about the aviation industry. One of the greatest things about jsfirm.com is our site is free to job seekers. So what happens, if you're looking for a job, you can post your resume for free, you can search our jobs and apply to those jobs, and it doesn't cost you anything. We really pride ourselves on customer service, and uh, we strive to constantly exceed our customers' expect expectations. And we're enthusiastic about it. We actually have uh, some opportunities here at jsfirm.com. Uh, our company is growing as well. We have an, our corporate office in Dallas, Texas, and we also have an office in Pennsylvania near Pittsburgh. It's a very dynamic place to work. And actually, our managing partners, they have a passion for the aviation industry. Uh, one is a pilot and uh, one is a mechanic. So they both come from an aviation background and started this company. We're just people here. We're real people. When you call us, you're going to get a person on the phone. You're not going to have to dial 17 different numbers to find somebody to speak with. We're really excited to work at jsfirm.com. We're helping people, and we're changing their lives. And it really makes a big difference. We've got over 4,000 different aviation companies that use our website, and our resume database of aviation professionals is over 200,000 right now. So we've got quite a bit of activity that goes on on our website. You know, we're really excited that, um, you know, a lot of um, the majority of the aviation industry, the companies or hire the candidates, definitely use jsfirm.com. And a lot of our business comes from word of mouth. 
Well, that that's good. You know, one of the things that I've seen on the internet, and this has been a, a bit of a sticking point for me, and one of the reasons I started this podcast is there's, there's a lot of information out there, and this information can cost quite a bit of money. And a lot of times you can find this information for free. And when you're just starting out, it's really tough, especially in any, any industry, really. You're not making much money, and, and they put this huge burden on you. You know, give me $10,000 to help you find a job, you know, that, that type of thing. You see those offers all the time, and, and that, that always bothers me. But JS Firm, one of the things that, that did attract me towards your website and is that, uh, you know, first I said it was a little bit too good to be true, so I was trying to find the hitch. <laughs> And, uh, you know, why is it I'm, a, I'm an applicant. Why should I put my resume there? What it, when are you going to start charging me? And, uh, well, let me put you that question. When are you going to start charging me? We don't charge you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's the point is that they don't charge you. And that's, we that's don't. something that we've, I have found, uh, from some firms, uh, not, not everyone, but every so often you have to be careful when you're out there on the internet because you'll, they'll take you in and say, Hey, get this for free. And then, you wind up having to sign up sometimes for, you know, hundreds and sometimes thousands of dollars, which, you know, I, I think uh, is wrong. I wish they just put that out there up front. But one of the things I, I like about this site is that there, there is a lot out there. It's free, but it, it's also extremely extensive out there. Now, exactly um, – Let's go to some specifics here so people will understand how they can go through this process of getting help from you folks. They would just go to the website now and, and you offer like this resume type service. What, what do you do? I mean, uh, as far as listing is concerned, how would they do that? If anybody wants to post a resume on JS Firm, it's very simple. You actually can do it in three steps. And to start the process, if you visit our homepage, on jsfirm.com, on the left-hand side, there's a red hyperlink that says free resume. Anyone that's interested in any type of aviation employment, they can post their resume for free on that link. You access that link, and it'll pull up a page where you're just going to ask you some um, information, your name, you know, pick a password, the type of job you're looking for, some just basic information. Complete that form, you'll hit submit, and that'll take you to the second page where we have two options, Carl. You can copy and paste a resume that you already have together, or we have a resume builder. And that resume builder we set up so folks that don't have a resume can just pop in the question, answer the questions on that form, and it creates an online resume for you. You just fill out that second page, you hit submit again, and the third page is for your references. If you want to include references on the resume that you have on JS Firm, that third page is where you can do that. We have an option so you can enter three of those references. So our hiring companies, when they're searching, can see your resume as well as your references displayed to them. And uh, is that something they can download or does that just stay on the website? It's always on the website, Carl, so they can access it anytime, 24-7. It's on there, our website in. Like I said earlier, you know, we're always here. So if anybody ever has any questions about any of the postings that we have or how to post a resume, all they need to do is call our 724-547-6203, and that's our main line, and anybody here will be able to help them. And we also have a confidential option on our resume, Carl. So if you are working for a current company and, and you know that they use our website, and you don't want them to know that you might be looking for something uh, in another position, you can have your resume marked confidential so that that company that you're currently working for doesn't see that your resume is posted on our website. Complete, uh, ensures your complete anonymity on our website. And what companies will see is your work history, the type of work you're performed, but it won't see your name and your phone number and your email address. So we have that option so that folks that are currently in a position can freely still seek other employment. That That's very good because, you know, you don't want to lose your job while you have one, that's for sure, or get a lot of questions. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting. The, you talk, We talk about aviation jobs. There's many different types of jobs. And, you know, a lot of people talk about the flying and, and flight attendants and, and actual jobs that surround the operations. But there's so many other jobs out there. And I just want people to, to be sure that your site has all those types of jobs. For instance, uh, we talked about mechanics, pilots, and flight attendants. Could you give some examples of some other jobs that are out there that would be aviation-related? Because, you know, aviation is just such a fun field. We all have this passion for it, and there's many different jobs you can take out there. Absolutely. We have administrative jobs, you know, folks that are in the office. We have accounting positions, someone that's going to need to pay your bills. 
We've got sales positions there posted, management level positions. We have technical writing, executive level positions, line service, you know, baggage handlers, customer service representatives, engineering. So basically any kind of uh, function you're going to find in an aviation business, you can find that type of position on JS Firm. And you'll find also, besides airlines and, and even corporate, you'll find some general aviation jobs, just like you said, with line service, that type of thing. So there's all different type of jobs on there, correct? General aviation companies, um, your MROs, your maintenance repair and overhaul, overhaul centers, uh, FBOs, fixed-based operators, manufacturers. Uh, we have all types of different um, uh, companies that use our website, you know, corporate flight de- uh, departments, you know, private mom-and-pop shops that maybe need a uh, one mechanic, you know, something like that. And we have Fortune 500 companies that also use our website. So no matter if you're looking for a very large company to work for or maybe a smaller one, and we have those different variations of those companies listed on our website, so you should be able to definitely find a company that would pique your interest. You know, and that that leads me into my recommendation today, and this is the reason why uh, another reason I wanted to speak with you is that I wanted to recommend your website because you really do create these aviation opportunities like your byline says. One of the things I want to stress is that, you know, we all love aviation and we have this passion for aviation, whether it's designing, uh, whether it's in accounting, it's just being around the whole aviation business. There's, there's something about this, this business that's truly almost like a big family. And the website you have there at jsfirm.com truly has a broad scope of jobs in the aviation industry. And, uh, and it does focus on some of the, the popular jobs, but, Anybody can go on there and, and view all these jobs. It's it's free. I mean, that, I think that's terrific. You can just, like she said, post your resume on there. Uh, you also have, uh, we talked about some of the interview tips here. That's actually something that you have on that website. You can go click on the job interview tips, and you can find that at jsfirm.com uh, under interview tips, and they can actually pull up this all this conversation we had. Some of those tips are actually out there, and uh, they they can find you in many different ways. Could you just tell us like a couple of different ways they can find you, folks? Absolutely. Uh, obviously, our website, you could go directly there, and that's www.jsfirm.com. If you want to do a search, uh, a Google search, type in JS Firm, you can find us there. Uh, we actually have um, some relationships with other companies that um, we have our jobs distributed to. It's called our Job Distribution Network. So um, Vertical Magazine, for example, we have our jobs directly posted on their website. So anybody that is a reader of Vertical Magazine can see our jobs listed there. DOM Magazine is another spot that we have a relationship with, the DOM Magazine. We have our jobs posted on their website as well. So uh, we've uh, branched out to several different other um, partners. We have partnerships with other aviation companies so that we can expand our reach to reach those types of um, folks that might not know about jsfirm.com but might be a reader of DOM Magazine. Uh, so we, we try to expand so that we can get our presence in, in front of um, the job seekers so that they know that we're a free resource for them. Now, is there anything else that you could uh, pass along to those listening today as far as jobs in the aviation field and, and maybe a, a little bit of advice or encouragement? Because right now I know people are saying, gosh, you know, it just seems like it's a bad economy. Um, but to me it doesn't matter what the economy is. If you like that job, you should try to go for it. And uh, what would you suggest to somebody who's just getting started or wants to change into this wonderful aviation field? I definitely agree with you, Carl. We have uh, an extraordinary, uh, extraordinary amount of open positions on our website. Um, we have uh, a lot of companies that are actively hiring. They're looking for folks to hire now. Obviously, they're looking for skilled employees that have some aviation background, um, but not all. So if you're looking for a career change, looking for something different, uh, if you have a passion for aviation or always thought about aviation being uh, an industry you might want to work in, now's a great time to do that. Uh, JSFirm.com, like I said, is a free resource to job seekers. Uh, we have um, a spot where you can post your resume. You can search the jobs that we have available. And uh, we have positions not only in the United States, but we have them international as well. 
So if you're looking for something um, in a different country, we have different positions throughout the world uh, posted by our hiring companies. So we're going strong. There are still a lot of companies that are looking for folks to hire. The most important thing is you have to be tenacious about it. You need to be uh, present a clear picture to these employers of what you want to do with your, um, with your career. Make sure your resume is going to be competitive with the other folks that are going to be applying to those jobs. If you need help, we can help you with that as well. We have some resume services that we offer. So if you're not sure or if you've had a resume for 20 years and haven't had it updated, we also conduct free resume reviews, Carl. So if you're just not quite sure, maybe you've been out in the business for a few months and you haven't really gotten any interest on your resume, give us a call. We'll be more than happy to review that resume for you and give you some suggestions, some feedback, and uh, make sure that uh, whenever you're showing that resume to a potential employer, you're going to show the best possible representation of yourself, your skills, and your abilities so that you can get that deserved interest from those potential employers. Well, I think that's great. I mean, that, that that's terrific. And I, as a matter of fact, I may just do that myself. Send along my resume. I'll let you review that for me. <laughs> I do, and, and I, I highly recommend anybody going out there to send your resume to, to your service. Of course, anywhere you can get somebody to look at it, make, take a second look and, and see if you have a, a competitive resume, I think that's a great thing. One other thing, too, I think that's awesome on your website is, and this is something I really think that I want my listeners to do uh, now, even if you don't use jsfirm.com and you just want some information about interviewing and interview tips, they have this great resource. You can click on there and you can download the interview tips, which I think are terrific, and just talks about how to conduct yourself during a phone interview, how to get your resume out there, and, and how important your resume is, kind of like what we talked about today. The other thing I like, too, is I like the list that you have of some uh, suggestions or some examples for questions that you might hear in the interview, and it allows you to to really practice that. And uh, So just go out there and, and download that, and I think that's a, just a terrific free service you provide to everybody. And and I think that it's, it's actually helped me because I've had people ask me questions where I've actually uh, told them to go out there and pull this down. So it's, it is a free resource, and I think that's, that's terrific for all those people out there that are listening is go out there and, and pull that down. And, you know, the people at JS Firm, just like yourself, one of the things that I like, uh, one of the many things I like about JS Firm is that these people are involved in aviation. They're passionate about aviation. Just like you said, uh, you have a mechanic and also a pilot. They're involved and are key players in this, in this business. And that's important for them to know, uh, what it's like to be in this industry, what it's like to be part of the aviation industry. And anybody who's listening to this can, can find it again. We talked about it a few times, jsfirm.com, or they can call your number direct at 724 724- Five four seven six two zero three, and in closing, I just want to say, you know, man, thanks for coming here. Thanks for taking the time to speak with us today and giving some some tips to those people that maybe are looking to change uh, jobs within the industry. Maybe they're trying to change jobs into the aviation industry, or maybe they're just getting started and uh, looking towards any type of job, and they think hey, aviation might be something for them. Uh, but but I really appreciate that, Amanda. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for inviting me, Carl. I'm really happy to have the opportunity to speak with you today. You know, we encourage anybody that has any questions, if you need any help whatsoever, visit our website, give us a call. My name is Amanda. You know, feel free to call me at any time. We, we really feel that we have a great resource, and uh, we feel that you don't need to spend money to find a job. I I I very much agree with that, and that's I'm I'm glad you close with that, Amanda. And and you know if if you are out there listening and and you're interested in getting into the aviation or the aerospace field, I hope you've realized through this interview the wide variety of jobs available. Well, before we close today, I do have time for uh, one listener question. Actually, he has a few questions. That's from Errol, and Errol writes in and says, "Hello, Carl. I want to start off by telling you how much I enjoy both of your podcasts." They're both on my regular not-to-be-missed podcast playlist. I'm a complete aviation geek and have been my whole life. I'm a passionate about aviation, the airline business, and piloting. In fact, I'm launching a podcast of my own here soon. I'm a private pilot with 300 hours in a single-engine airplane. I'm 42 and working in the semiconductor industry. Earl's first question is this. In researching my options to 
quote-unquote, punch my tickets, i.e. getting the instrument, multi, commercial, flight instructor, instrument instructor, and multi-instructor ratings, I came across ATP, atpflightschools.com. I'll have a link to that on the website. What is your opinion of ATP or similar schools where you earn the ratings in 90 days? Would this training be looked upon as positive or negative by the airline? If this is a negative, what would be a better alternative? Well, Earl, thanks for the questions and listening to both of the podcasts I'm involved with. For those of you who only know me from listening to this podcast, I'm a regular co-host on the Stuck Mike Avcast. This is another aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. If you want to hear some interesting conversations about flying general aviation airplanes, go to stuckmikeavcast.com. First, let me say I'm inspired by your enthusiasm, Earl, and think that you'll enjoy a job in the aviation field. To answer your first question, I feel schools where you earn all of your ratings in 90 days can be both good and bad. It depends on the school. I'm very familiar with ATP school and feel that they do a great job with training. As a matter of fact, I sent one of my students there because he wanted to accelerate the process of becoming a professional pilot. Now, with that said... I've attended many accelerated programs from various uh, schools and various ratings and can say that the quality of training is the most important aspect of the flight school. I went to one accelerated program where I feel I received really poor training and the school actually finally folded. I went to another accelerated program and they were terrific. I look at these accelerated programs similar to, say, summer school classes when you're attending college or high school. They're intense, you learn quickly because you're immersed in the material, and the quality depends on the quality of the program and the instructors. I don't think this training is looked upon as positive or negative by the airlines. I see many new hires come from these accelerated programs. With that said, you must understand, in aviation there's no substitute for quality training and experience. Errol's second question Now, assuming I get my ratings, can you help me understand the difference between quality hours and non-quality hours as it relates to an airline hiring? If the looming pilot shortage is real, do you expect airlines to be picky about how the hours are flown? Well, Earl, the difference between quality hours and non-quality hours as it relates to hiring at an airline is simple. Do the hours you are gaining make you come closer to the minimums for the airline you are applying. If the airline you are interested in working for has a minimum of 200 hours multi-engine time and you are flying single engine, it doesn't matter how many hours you get. If you don't get the 200 multi-time, you're not going to get hired. This actually happened to me. I had many hours of flight instructing in a single-engine aircraft and very few hours in a multi-engine. I had an airline call me three times to see if I wanted to be interviewed, and each time... I couldn't even interview because I didn't have enough multi-engine time. When I was furloughed, this also hurt me because I didn't have enough multi-engine piston time to work at a flight school teaching in their twin. So the moral of the story is to build as much multi-engine time as you can. One further consideration is to make sure you actually have some time actually flying the plane. There are some airlines who distinguish on your application the time you were sole manipulator of the controls. Theoretically, you could get your ratings and fly right seat as a safety pilot and only land the plane every 90 days to keep current. My advice is to have a mix of both being the sole manipulator of the controls and the safety pilot. Of course, if you get your flight instructor certificate, you're no longer logging safety pilot time. I highly recommend you're getting your CFI if you want to make money and build time. The upcoming hiring boom or quote-unquote pilot shortage for the airlines will work like this. There are many high-time pilots on the street right now who are probably getting the jobs first. But since the number of qualified pilots is less than it was 10 years ago, the airlines will go through them fairly quickly. And then they won't be as, quote-unquote, as you said, picky about the hours. Remember to always be trying to increase your eligibility with the airlines no matter the stage of the hiring cycle. When one of the pilot shortages slash hiring cycles came back in the 90s, my friend was hired with 5,000 hours, and that was considered to be competitive for a regional airline job at the time. Then only a year later, the regionals began hiring with as few as 500 hours. That is where I see us headed in the future. 
One other item that you need to keep an eye on is the FAA is going to relax the new requirements for all first officers at an airline to have an ATP. This may happen fairly soon. I'm not sure, but it's something to watch. Currently, you have to have your ATP to apply and work for an airline. But I think those are, there's going to be some exceptions to that rule, and uh, there's lots on in the news and the Internet. So keep watching that. But right now, shoot for that 1,500 hours and get your ATP. Okay, Errol's third question is, given my age, is it realistic to think I can make it to an airline? And if I do, what are my chances of reaching a seniority to hold a line and no longer fly reserve? Well, Earl, given your age, it's quite realistic to make it to an airline, but you must help me define what you mean by an airline. Many people are making the career choice to remain at the regional airlines. Many of these airlines fly to different countries and have great benefits and pay. After 10 years with a large jet regional, you can expect to make low six figures and have approximately 15 days off. What is interesting is the Department of Transportation classifies many of the large regionals as major airlines due to the fact that they use gross revenues to define what it is to be a regional or a major. And, of course, a lot of these regionals have a high gross revenue. Most employment websites actually classify these airlines as national and low-cost carriers within that sector. So you see a lot of the regionals going into that sector. Furthermore, with a regional carrier, you will get to many of the same cities and countries as the majors, as, as long as it's not too far overseas, obviously. About seven years ago, while I was flying for a quote-unquote regional, I flew to three different countries in one day. I'm not sure we can continue to call this type of flying regional anymore. With all this said, if you do wish to make it to a major airline and schedule is important for you, then research the age of the pilots at the airline where you want to work. To advance on the seniority list, someone senior to you must retire or leave the company. If there are many people above you on the list that are younger than you, your advancement up the list will be limited. The reason I say you must look at the age is because people don't leave once they are senior in an airline because there's no lateral moves in the airline business. This is something to research when you're looking at any airline. And, oh, here's another another question from Earl. Uh, uh, and finally, this is his final question. Finally, what are your comments about the quality of life as a pilot? I'm not so much concerned with the salary because my wife and I are financially prepared for the change in income. I'm more concerned about being a parent. I've spoken with many pilots who say that while they're away for three to four days each week, the time at home, the remainder of the week is higher quality. For example, when they're home, they're home all day versus me who's home and in the office 8 to 10 hours a day. I've spoken with other pilots who claim they missed the first 20 years of their child's life and feel they missed everything. Obviously, two different viewpoints. Not sure if you have any kids, but any feedback is appreciated. Well, first of all, I don't have kids, but I do, do have a lot of, a lot of uh, hobbies. So, yes, I am home quite a bit. But, but to answer your final question regarding quality of life as a pilot, it, it's an interesting one. Much of your quality of life depends on the type of equipment you fly, your seniority, and the airline you work for. It also can change with the seasons and the economic cycles. I've had both wonderful schedules and poor schedules depending on my seniority and how the schedule pilots at the airlines I've worked for. At times, I've had 20 days off a month and was home more than on the road. Other times, I may not get home for two weeks at a time and only be home for less than 36 hours. Again, this all depends on the airline your seniority, and also on how far you live from work. For example, I live over a 1,000 miles from where I work. I have to commute to work sometimes 24 hours in advance, and at times don't get to come home from work for up to 12 hours after I finish a trip. It takes me door-to-door six hours to get to work on a good day, but I normally need to take a few more hours in case, you know, cancellations and bad weather. If you decide not to commute to work and simply drive into work, It can make your schedule much easier to deal with, and you'll be home more often. I know that when I lived in base, and that means living where I worked, I felt like it was a different job altogether. When I left work, I would be home in an hour, and that was it until the next time I went to work. As flight crew members, we can live anywhere in the world. We can live in an island paradise and commute to work, or we can live near the airport where we are based. 
The ultimate will be to have a base near the place you want to live. This would be the ultimate quality of life for a pilot, and I know many who do this. But you need to work at an airline who has a base where you might want to live to do that. You see, much goes into this decision when you're looking towards a career as a flight crew member. Commuting will very much affect your lifestyle. It affects mine tremendously. But I made a decision to live in an island paradise with sand on my toes and then jump on a plane and go to work. This lifestyle is not for everyone, but it does have some perks. Well, Errol, thanks again. There are a lot of questions there, and I, I really appreciate your writing those into us. You know, whether you're flying, designing, building, repairing, or managing airplanes, you can find a job in aviation if that is your passion. And also, if, if you want to get information about this interview or about any other information about aviation and jobs that are out there, we have many other folks that we've talked to, and uh, you can find that easily going to aviationcareerspodcast.com, and you can contact me. And you know what I'll do? If you have questions for Amanda, I'll forward those on to her. Just go to aviationcareerspodcast.com slash contact. And I'll send her that email that you send to us. As a matter of fact, if you want to get information about current jobs, uh, current things going on in the industry, uh, go to Facebook uh, and also follow us on Twitter. It's at facebook.com slash aviation careers podcast and also on Twitter at flying careers. Also, another thing, if you could, I'd appreciate it. If you go out there and uh, if you're listening to us on iTunes to help other people find this podcast, if you'd go out there and, uh, you know, actually rate us on iTunes, I'd really appreciate that so other folks can find out uh, what we're doing here at Aviation Careers Podcast. Uh, if you also want to talk to us directly, you can leave us a voicemail, and that's uh, at uh, 347 my wings again that's 347 my wings or 347-699-4647 if you have any comments suggestions questions or say you want to be a guest on one of the future shows just uh, drop me a line leave me a note or send me an email well hope to see you next episode and safe flying you have been listening to aviation careers podcast an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved. <laughs>